Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. I thought I'd start off with a little sexy. Hey, hey, hey. It's me, Tiffany, the Bajadesa. And this is Brown Ambition. Hey, Mandra. So you started sexy, and how was that ending? What were we ending on? <laughs> Ended wild and crazy because, you know, I can't say sexy long. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Happy Brown Ambition Wednesday. Yes, I'm super excited because next week is my birthday and I'm turning the big forte. Isn't that crazy? I told, you know, I had lunch with our, oh, I sorry, I had breakfast this morning with our buddy Sharon Epperson from CNBC. Mm -hmm. You guys got to go back and listen to our episode with Sharon, our interview with her. She, a few years ago, had a brain aneurysm and bounced back and uh, has so much, has such an interesting story of how her brain aneurysm kind of changed the trajectory of her career at CNBC. Anyway, mm-hmm. mentioned to Sharon, because we were talking about you, of course, that you were turning the big four O. And the first thing she said is, God, I love melanin. Like, because <laughs> she was like, I would never guess that Tiffany was 40. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to lie. I would never guess that I'm 40 either. It feels so old. But honestly, I don't feel so, you know, I guess that counts for something. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually 30, excited right? about it. What'd you say? 40 is the new 30, right? Yeah, honestly, I feel I feel good because I if I have to reflect on like my life, um, <laughs> I kind of feel like um, that the things that I set out to accomplish as far as professionally and the only things really that I'm like really working on moving forward is I feel like my personal life, like I want to build deeper relationships and I want to be a better person, those kind of things. Like I, I mean, of course, I've got like world domination through the budgetista, but I feel like mm, that's going to happen either way. But really, I really want to work on being a better person and and work on that aspect of my life. That's my little reflective turning 40 self. And just, yeah, and don't forget to look. I mean, it's a nice time to reflect on all your accomplishments, too. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, yeah. I mean, speaking, I, I don't know, I'll probably, I mean, it's probably like a bunch of different emotions mixed into one. Yeah. Well, so, so proud far, of where you are, not sure where you're going, blah, blah, exactly. blah, I can only imagine. And, and it depends where, because I, I, you know, it's so crazy because my 30th birthday, when I was turning 30, that's when I just moved home and I was sleeping in my middle school bed. So it's been a long, <laughs> it's been a crazy ride. I'm like, wow, last big momentous birthday was quite a different situation of circumstance. I was literally like, it was like turning 30 and my dad was like, make sure you're home by midnight. That's the curfew. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we come a long way, baby. I'll take it. <laughs> No more midnight curfew as a grown woman. Um, 
No, but I'm honestly, I'm I'm really excited because this week, this past weekend, um, I took the Unicorn Squad. That's the name of my team, and we call them unicorns because I say they make magic happen every day. It was 18 of us, so myself, my business partner Jabril, and I. It was really his idea to give him credit that last year was the first time that we took everyone away on kind of like a family vacation, and this was our second year. Mandy, it was so much fun. You would not think that like. Because it's literally Jabril and 17 women, no drama, no nothing. When I tell you fun and a love fest, I mean, I don't think I laughed more or danced more. It was like summer camp for grown women and Jabril. <laughs> I have just as much FOMO for that as I do for Tyler Perry's Atlanta yes. studio opening. <laughs> yes. It was. Okay. It's just Both what I realized. Both like amazing weekends. Well, because, you know, the team, look, we work largely remotely. So it's like the question always is, comes up, like, how do you keep, you know, like you get to see your team regularly. So like you can build relationships, you know, like these kind of intimate relationships. But it's it can be difficult when it's um when everybody works all around the world. Like Natalie Watsi Zaka, that's her name. She um lives in Israel. Jabril doesn't live anywhere. He just goes from place to place to place, <laughs> although he doesn't look lives in Oakland now, but like is never there. Um, like Karen is he's in Italy. Just that. He's just yes. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's just a no. Like, I mean, he literally lives places for like three months stints. And then like uh Logan lives in DC, Karen lives in Atlanta, and Yadalise lives in Philly. So everybody lives all these different places. And um yeah, and so to get together and to meet people and to hug them, like well I have to say Sylvia lives in Arkansas because she's like, no one ever mentions Arkansas. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so it's just nice to like hug on them and, and we did we um we got a private chef and we we rented four airbnb airbnb houses we had um we, we bought like when well, i bought but we rented some cars to like take us around we did the escape room we had a barbecue Wait, we, where did we you go? went to, we went to um some scott scottsdale that's called arizona oh scott. arizona okay Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. beautiful. So we definitely had to go to a beautiful spot. So we found like this five star diamond, five diamond, not even star, five diamond spot. It was the best spot any of us had ever been to. Um, so honestly, it was such a good time. It was, yeah, it was three nights, four days. And we just really enjoyed, like my sister got to come for the first time because she's been on the team. We say, people ask like, how are we able to like afford it? And so what we did was we saved 2% of our gross income from the companies and we stash it in a savings account and then that's our budget. And actually we kind of came in under budget. I think I want to say we had like 40 something thousand saved. And I think we we spent 39,000. So we played for flights, accommodations, even the car, your lift or your whatever from the house to the airport and back again, even that we paid for everything. I don't want you to pay for anything. This is just a time to enjoy. And so this is the second year and we, we came under budget last year and we came under budget this year. So I was like proud of that. That like, yeah, I would say probably cost around forty thousand dollars for for about twenty of us. We even got a um a, a videographer to kind of like document like our our weekend together. So the Unicorn Squad is like we're all amped up and everybody's extra and um rejuvenated. And so yeah, I would honestly love to hear from the listeners like what's something that your employer has done that just made you like super happy and geeked? Because I'm I'm always trying to be a better a better leader and a better employer so that way people are super happy to work with us. Um, I think you're on the right track. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> I don't think anyone out there is can top an all expense all expenses paid girlfriend's weekend with a spa and a videographer. What? Private chef? What? Get out of here. You know Just looking so for ways like, to oh, improve no. on the amazingness that's already happening. 
<laughs> you know, and it's so because first of all, like I I forgot I never really told the team. I know Yadalise is listening. We're her little snitcher behind. Hey Yadalise. Um, so she um she listened to the podcast regularly and she was telling the team, that's where you get all the tea about the company, guys. That's how I found out that Tiffany let go of the admin after one day. And then she had everyone listen. And I'm looking like really Oh man. <laughs> I know. And they were like, ooh, Tiffany, you savage. I'm like, no, I'm not savage. <laughs> but they were like, you know what, that it was best for the team. And, and they kind of gave me some feedback of some interactions they had um, with um, with the admin. And so, it, I mean, it just solidified. We know we made the right choice. But it's just funny that she listens to the podcast for tea, tea on the business. <laughs> that's just smart. That's a smart, that's a smart employee. That's what I would say. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I was just joking about Tyler Perry, but I was my, you know, I'm from Atlanta and I, and it felt like literally everybody I've ever known was invited to this Tyler Perry party. And of course, everyone I didn't know, the Clinton showed up. I'm like, the only people who did not show up were the Obamas. It's what it felt like. I don't know where they, what they were doing, but it was like every, I mean, all of the black power in America was in Atlanta for this studio opening. Honestly, um, it's amazing what he's been able to do. I didn't, did you know that the the studio, like the this, it's bigger than what is it, Disney, um, Warner Brothers, and something all the major studios combined? Isn't that crazy? Uh, I did not. I did not know that. I did watch. Yeah. I watched Ava DuVernay's stories, and they do like a trolley tour of the whole, the whole um, studio. I mean, they legit built the freaking White House, like the <sighs> front and the back of it, and they have a whole neighborhood in his studio, like. And I, you know, Taylor Taylor Perry gets a lot of crap for mm. his films and the quality of them, and what are they really doing for the culture and blah blah blah. But I'm just saying, man, when a man can be that successful, a black man can be as successful as all the mediocre white people producing. Like, come on, like we don't all need to be Oscar makers. Like, when we have the right to be hella successful, hella rich, have big ass studios, do what we want to do, and put out work that's not always going to be like the creme de la creme. That is when I feel like we've made some progress, right? I mean, so let him make his Medea movies and, you know, mm-hmm. his, obviously his content does appeal to his audience and he knows his audience yes. well. Um, yep. So I, I give him nothing but respect and it seemed like a really beautiful, inspirational, um, you know, weekend. So good for him and good for Atlanta. Like, yeah. All that, all that money from Hollywood moving into Atlanta, it makes me feel good to know what? that. We've got, like, this is history. This is the first Black-owned studio, like, on this scale in the country. And it's in Atlanta. So go up. Shout out to my hometown. When did you get so cool? I I know. Well, Atlanta's been cool for a while now, you know. Because first of all, Atlanta got a mayor named named Keisha. (laughs) There's, like, a rap song that has that in it. Keisha Bottoms, (laughs) no less. What? (laughs) And I love that because I was watching this documentary that Prudential has. um, It's, um... Legacy lives on. It's the one that I'm a part of. And they asked Keisha Longbottom, like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite line about Atlanta? And she said, besides Atlanta, got a mayor named Keisha. And I just love that. Like, Keisha. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's a blacker name and I love it. But yeah, it just, it was very, I'm so glad that Ava kind of showed like the tour because I was blown away. I was like, that was actually going to be my brown boots saying, thanks, Mandra, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but, the boots together. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it just yeah, it looked amazing. I was like, wow. And you know what? I think the biggest takeaway, and actually had me thinking, maybe we could talk about this, like between us, like what, like it, he said that what he wanted people to take away is that to dream bigger. What is your wildest 
probably not going to happen, but, you know, wildest dream you could ever think of. And I was thinking to myself, like, what would that be for me? My wildest, kookiest, yeah, right dream, you know? Are you going to share? I think... Or are you just, are you just noodling? Um, no, you well, I think like I I mean there's a bunch of different things, but one one of them would be to like have like a billion dollar business. But and and honestly, not not the one that you would think, not the budget nista, but through Molly Moore, my my children's book, like I could totally see her, you know, being a TV show, being like a standalone character, being something that like you know, 50 years from now when I'm not here anymore, well, or I'm 90, so I am going to be here. Um, but 50 years from now, people like kids are still talking about Molly Moore, the character, the way they talk about like, I don't know, the Smurfs or something. That would be my biggest, wildest, like kookiest, like that, like I have, I grew Molly Moore and the brand to this billion dollar brand that includes like merchandise and, and bedspreads and bows and, and sneakers and book bags and TV shows and, and computer programs and all that kind of stuff, you know? So that would be crazy to me, but yeah, that's probably my biggest dream. I mean, she could be the next Doc McStuffins. Yes. I really like, I could, I could feel that. Like, honestly, I feel like my template is Dora, you know, you know, the, the, um, I did a little digging and research and found that Dora, the worth of Dora, the brand is $7 billion with a B. I believe it. And I'm she like, has, she just got a whole new movie, like a whole movie. Yes. So I'm like, so that would be my biggest dream. What about you? What would be your biggest, wildest, craziest? I just don't, I, I don't even know. I've always dreamed about being a Broadway playwright, which sounds like the douchiest thing to ever dream about, but I don't care. I've dreamt about it. Um, and that's what I've, I've always wanted to like write a play, get a play produced. And I, it, in and of itself, that feat, forget about awards or successful, but just like getting a play and, and, and like selling tickets and people showing up for it, that is my current fantasy. Um, but I'm sitting here wanting, I'm sitting here like, yeah, you can definitely make Molly Moore a billion dollar business. But in my head, I'm like, girl, you ain't never going to write a play. <laughs> like, you're never going to be, like, you know how you like, you lift up your friends and then you just like crap on yourself. <laughs> but you can, Manny. You're <laughs> such a good writer. I mean, I don't even think that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell me, tell me it's not crazy. Cause in my head, I'm just, it's something that I've wanted to do. And then I, it's, it's honestly that thing that you're afraid to even say out loud because you, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, uh, forbidden dream. Um, no, I, first of all, I think one, you're such a good writer too. You've got such discipline. I mean, I remember you came to remember four years ago, you know, we you courted me at um in um New Orleans at FinCon, like you want to do a podcast, <laughs> and now look, I'm freaking getting stopped in the street, not about budgetista, but like love your podcast. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, I mean, men and women. I'm like, look at the Jamals out there secretly listening. Um, no, but I just think that like, yeah, like you, you know, this was a, a a dream that you had. You didn't even know like. Like, what do, we, what, do, what do we use? What material? Like, how do we edit? How do we, and look, you figured it out. And now we're freaking rocking and rolling. So I, I don't think that, huh? It's, I know, no, you're right. I mean, and that, and I am really, I am super proud of the podcast. I'm really proud. But like, this is us, you know, to do a play, that's all me. And it's just, it's, it's like, it's scarier because it really is all you on your own, just doing something. And the act of like, anyone who's a writer or just writing a book or writing fiction, I mean, it is it's just, it's torturous and I don't know why, we, but it's also so rewarding um, to just finish a, a body of work. So I'd be so proud if I could 
if I could do that, and I, and I, you know, I, not to be corny, but I think about, I, I feel like there's extra pressure now that I'm having a kid to not let this be it. You know, like I want, an, I want several chapters after child. I want to have like a couple of different careers after I have a kid and keep producing, keep creating, keep reinventing myself and have interesting things happen in my life, you know, so that my kid will be excited about what's going on in my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't want it to be, and she had a kid, period. <laughs> mm. I want there to be multiple chapters after that. And there's no excuse why there, why there shouldn't be. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little daunting to think about. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, you can do it. If anybody could do it, Mandy, you're like a force. Mandy be like, let there be podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they were like, and there was podcast and it was good. <laughs> oh, thank you. I am the god of podcasts. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so honestly, I would love honestly to hear from our listeners. Like, let's let's follow in the theme of of um Tyler Perry. What is your big, audacious, crazy, yeah, right, once in a lifetime goal, dream? Like, I think part of the to me one of the hardest parts is just to say it out loud. So tweet it to us. Send it to us on on IG, message us in the in the email. Like I would really love, and maybe we'll share some of them because I think there's something powerful in in writing the thing and then speaking the thing and someone else is speaking the thing. So let's do that. What's your biggest craziest? Like yo, know, if I could do this, this is what it would be. But it, there's no way. There's no way. But say it, and we'll share some of them. How about that? That sounds good. You know you're on the right track if you got sweaty like I did when you started talking about it. Oh. <laughs> 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 Maybe it's the hormones, I don't know. <laughs> hey BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. These are our questions. You guys already know I don't know the word, so you can keep your messages to yourself. <laughs> every, every podcast without fail. Someone said, Tiffany, when you gonna learn these um learn these um lyrics? The answer is never. Just like I'm not gonna never gonna remember all the handles or the email. My brain has already said tap tap, I'm out. All right, I got so. you there. I got you there. If you guys would like to submit a question to the podcast, you can hit us up at Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. Send us a DM. 
Um, or you can hit us up by email, brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com or check out our website, brandambitionpodcast.com and click ask us anything. Ask us anything. All right. I have dug through. We had so many good questions on the Instagram. You guys sent in probably, I don't know, a few dozen questions over the past week. So I'm going to parse through and pick a couple of my favorites. Let's start with one from listener. Do they want to be anonymous? Okay, we'll just say their name is Olivia. So Olivia wants to know, how can she build credit in college without taking out a bunch of credit cards? So here's her question. Hey, y'all, I'm a senior on track to graduate from university in December. My problem is that I have a really low credit score, but I don't know how I can raise it. I've tried to apply for numerous credit cards in the past, student credit cards, secured cards, and otherwise, but I've always been denied. I do have some student loan debt, about $10,000, so I'm guessing that's why my score is so low. I want to attend law school next fall, and I'd really like to get my score up so I can establish credit and raise my score. But how can I do that if I keep getting it denied for credit cards? Interesting so, question. So to be clear, is she applying for a regular credit card or has she applied for a, cre- uh, um, a secured card? She said a secured card and a student credit card, and she's been denied every time. Really? Isn't that surprising? How shady. How shady. I wonder, <laughs> if, she's gone to a, I wonder if she's gone to a credit union. Um because, I mean, secured cards, even if your credit's low, that's what they're made for. I mean, you, you literally yeah. put money down on the card, and then you pay them off over time. Um, but, of course, you put down the deposit, so there's very little for the bank to lose. That's why yeah. they're such good credit Cured. building tools. Well, honestly, I would also look into then. Forget them! Um, I would look into um, self-lender. Well, they call themselves self now, not self-lender. So I wonder, wait, what's their website then if it's, like, not self-lender? So lender so the way well it was called the the company formerly known as self lender i don't know companies be changing up their names these days um oh it's self Self inc i guess that's their website now yep that's what it is um self inc.com inc so what i like about self lender or self is that you do a faux borrow and so the way it works is that you go to self, um, you say, yes, I want to I wanna borrow money. And the good thing is they don't lend you money based upon your credit score. They lend you money based upon like your, um, oh, what is that thing? Uh, uh, oh, Mandy, like help me with the word that, um, you know, like let's just say you don't pay a bank back or you overdraft, you don't pay them back and then they tell on you and they put you on checkbooks. No, quick checks. No. Oh, check systems. Check systems. I said checkbooks quick. Yo, I am legitimately 80. He's out there. He's um, out there. <laughs> So self-lender looks at check systems. Basically, as long as you don't have like any outstanding like like beef with another bank. And so the way it works is the reason why they used to call themselves self-lender is that you don't really get the money. I always suggest to people that you borrow the lowest amount, which is I think $500. And they say, hey, what's the name we gave her? Olivia. Olivia. Hey, Olivia. Here's your $500 psych. We're actually going to keep it and put it in a money market fund for you. But you're going to pay us back every month for a year until you pay out the $500. And so, and the money, that $500, we're going to put it into an account. It's going to earn a little interest, not much, but whatever. And then you're going to pay every month, which is, I think it's like 40 something dollars a month. Don't quote me on that, but whatever it is a month, you'll pay it. And so they will report to the credit bureaus. Olivia has not only paid 
a, a debt on monthly on time, she paid it off in full at the end of the year. And then you get your $500 back because remember, you never got the original $500 loan. And so that is a great way if you've been locked out of the credit kind of like market. That's why self came up with that solution. But self is not the only company that does that. A lot of credit unions, they just call it credit builder loan. So you can look at your credit union if you have one, if they have a credit builder loan or if they don't. I like self. I've been suggesting them for the last like few years and I've never really heard any negative feedback about them. I think they're a great company. Um, so I would start there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Another idea is to become an authorized user. Like if you, if your parents have good credit and they're willing to add you as an authorized user on their credit, one of their credit cards, um, make sure that the credit card reports your authorized user behavior activity to the credit bureaus. Most of them do, but some of them don't. So double check that. Um, and that's one way that you can also build credit. Again, you want to be sure that, you know, you're hitching your horse to hitching your, I don't know, I'm going to mess up that analogy. Anyway, <laughs> Um, just make sure it's the right move for you first and that your parents and you are on the same page and that you have, you know, boundaries and ground rules for how you use the credit card. Um, and then also, if you're going to be, you know, thinking about law school, you know, when you graduate and those that $10,000 worth of student loans come due, as long as you don't miss your first payment, you know, it's easy to miss your first payment because you think, oh, I've got six months and those six months fly by and you forget about that payment hitting your account. And then you end up, you know, starting off on the wrong foot. Once you start making payments on your student loans, that should also improve your credit um, moving forward, making those payments each month. And a, credit, a student loan is a type of installment debt, which just means that it's one lump sum and then you pay it off in fixed payments each month, kind of like a mortgage or an auto loan. Um, and that can also improve your mix of credit. If you, let's say you get um, a self-lender account or you get added as an authorized user on a credit card and you also have a positive installment loan payment history, like with your student loan, that will together um, start building your credit slowly um, over time. Yeah, that's really good because you're right. Because uh, installment, because self lender is going to be an installment loan. So eventually, what 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 it will help is I just can't believe you got denied for um, um yeah, that doesn't happen very. I mean, it does happen, but it doesn't happen very often. So maybe once you get like one of these credit builder loans into the mix, you can try again um, to see. And usually, when you get denied. They, they're supposed to send you something in the mail for why you got denied. So I definitely would would request wherever you made the, the request to. I would ask, you know, you know, am I going to receive something to share, like, why I was denied? Like, oh, remember? Up, <clears throat> update. Remember, Mandy, when I said I tried to get, a, like, an increase to my credit card? Yep. And they denied me? So yep. it turned out they had recently given me an increase because they sent me a letter in the mail saying, hey – you were denied because you recently had an increase. And I was like, oh, whatever, I guess. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, and I, I kind of remember that. I was like, I vaguely remember. Okay, I do remember, but whatever. So, but it was good to know. So usually when you're denied credit, they'll send you something in the mail to say why. So that, I would be very interested to know. Okay, well, thank you, Olivia, for your question. Let's see. Let's do another question from, hmm. Instagram uh, user whose name doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to call her Greta. Sorry <laughs> in advance, Greta. Um, all right. She says, hello, ladies. Thank you for a beautiful podcast filled with precious jewels. Aww. Here's my question. What would be the best way to tackle debt if my husband and I have $40,000 worth of debt from credit cards, student loans, and personal loans? Should we consolidate our debt or try using a method like the snowball method? 
For more information, we're both students. We have full-time jobs and a mortgage, but we're struggling to save money while trying to pay off debt. Interesting question. So just to recap, $40,000 in total that consists of credit cards, student loans, and personal mm. loans. Interesting. Mix. Okay. And they're wondering how to tackle it. That little, And that's collectively. That's collectively together. Yep. I'm not going to lie. That's not that bad. <laughs> it's not a shame that we can say that. Like, kind of like what I was thinking. That. Like, y'all can do this. You got this. Yes. <laughs> you got this. Well, let's take each of those three types. We don't know how much is credit cards, how much is student loans, or we don't know what the interest rates are. So it's a little bit difficult to give specific advice. But um, where would you where would you say start, Tiff? Um, well, I would. I personally like the snowball method. So I'm a little biased. Um, and the snowball method is just kind of when you line up your debt from lowest to highest as far as balances are concerned. And then you start to tackle the debt with the lowest balance first. So basically the other two debts get their minimum and the debt with the lowest balance gets its minimum plus whatever extra money you could pull from your from your budget. So you should have a budget and say, hey, budget, this is how much my life costs. How much is left over after I pay my expenses? Oh, there's two hundred dollars left over. And then you can, might decide um, $100 is going to go to saving because you should be saving and paying down debt simultaneously. So maybe $100 goes to savings and another 100 goes to my debt pay down plan. So now you have your debt pay down plan money. And if you're going to do the snowball method, it would look like this. Hey, lowest balance debt, you're going to get your minimum plus this $100. And I'm going to pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it. And then when that's paid off, I'm going to roll over the lowest debt's minimum plus that $100 to the second lowest debt. So the second lowest debt is gonna get effectively three payments in one. It's minimum, the, the first lowest debt's minimum plus that $100. And then you're gonna pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it, pay it till you pay it off, and then you're gonna roll it over to the third lowest debt. And so that's the way the snowball method works. Or you can use the avalanche method, which is when you pay off the debt with the highest interest rate off first. And so the, the avalanche method makes the most sense as far as um, mathematically, because you're basically paying off the debt that has that's costing you the most amount of money because the interest rate is the highest. And the snowball method makes the most sense emotionally because if you pay off the debt with the lowest balance first, you kind of get a, a faster return, emotional return on your investment because it might take you 10 years to pay off the, the debt with the highest interest rate. And so you might not feel as good about it. So I like the snowball method, although the obviously the Amalan's method is, is amazing if you can stick with it. Um, so yeah, I think that um I think that that's what I would do. I would line it up like that, honestly. I would look at the I, I feel like I have a feeling out of all three of those types of debt that you have, the credit cards probably have the highest interest rate. So I I'm a fan, I mean, and that and that's kind of looking at things with the avalanche method in mind versus a snowball. But if you wanted a quick, you know, especially if you're kind of struggling and let's say he's got some credit cards, you've got some credit cards and you want a simple way to just keep track of everything in one place, you could look into consolidating those credit cards um, with a personal loan, for example, from a credit union, if it means that you could secure a lower interest rate than what you're currently paying on those credit cards. Because we know how difficult it can be to pay down credit card debt when it's got, you know, what is the average APR in credit cards? Something like 17%. That's what's like mm -hmm. perfect credit today. Um, so you could look at, I know, it's insane. That's crazy. <laughs> you could look at consolidating those credit cards just so you have one fixed monthly payment, which is what you get with a personal loan, and then you can both tackle that payment together. 
Um, and of course, when you're applying for a personal loan, they're going to take into account how much you can afford to pay. So your monthly payment shouldn't be more, shouldn't end up being more than what you guys can comfortably afford. With your student loans, if you're both still, still in school, then maybe they aren't quite due yet. So they're not an immediate concern, but you definitely want to, I would focus on getting rid of that other types of debt, the credit card, the personal loans before you guys graduate. So that when you graduate, you can just throw everything you got at those student loans. If the mm -hmm. student loans are an issue now, you know, if they're federal, there's things you can do. Income-based repayment, forbearance, yep. deferment, while you focus on your higher interest debt, like credit cards or personal loans, to buy yourself some time. Um, but eventually, you got to tackle them, right? And even if you defer them, um, interest is going to still be accruing. So you want to aggressively, as, as fast as you can, get rid of the other debt and then hop on those student loans. Um, if they're private, um, you can look into, well, if they've if you've got them, you know, pretty high interest rate in your student loans and you think you're interested in looking at refinancing, that's also an option. If you guys have strong credit scores, there's lots of companies out there that will refinance your student loan debt today, which will help you secure a lower interest rate and maybe reduce yep. your payments and help you pay it off faster. But just keep in mind, if you have federal student loans and you're refinancing them, you're essentially turning them into a private loan, yeah. which means those flexible options I mentioned earlier, like income-based repayment or forbearance, are probably no longer available to you. Um, so it has to be worth that trade-off for you to refinance them and turn them into private loans. Yeah, and to me, it, it rarely is worth it. So, I, you know, so I mean, there's companies like SoFi that I that are great companies for refinancing for private loans. But I always tell people, if you can keep them federal, it typically is worth it just because if you ever fall on hard times, private loans don't care. But federal <laughs> loans, <laughs> but federal loans, there, there are things in place that, you know, that you can use to protect yourself if you fall on hard times. And it's much easier to default on a private loan. Like a federal loan is harder to default. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, it's in, except for like maybe rare instances, it's almost always best to stay federal if you can. That's true. But like we both said, 40K between the two of you guys, if you've got, you know, you're working, you said you have full-time jobs, you're, you're wanting to pay it off. You just need a good strategy that you, that works for both of you. So if it sounds like you need what Tiffany said, the snowball method, which still snowball method is excellent. I mean, study, a study actually showed that people were more likely to keep, up their good debt payoff habits with the snowball method, even though technically it's not the most mathematically logical method between Avalanche, because with Avalanche, you're paying off the highest cost debt first, so you save money over time. But the snowball method, with people would stick with it longer because it builds that momentum. It's so exciting when you pay off that $25 balance and the $100 balance and the $200 balance, and you start, you start embedding those habits that bring you success later with those early wins and building momentum. And that's why people are so obsessed and the snowball method continues to be, you know, one of the most popular debt payoff methods out there. Mm. Now it's time to boost their break with the Brown Ambition family. Will you boost? Will you break? What will you do, Mandy? I wish you could see me. Like, literally, I have my arms out, and I'm like, just, I'm feeling it. I'm vibing. I'm vibing. 
I'm good. I love how the song always makes me go first. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Although Tiffany would also rhyme. Tiffany, Mandy. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I never never realized that it does make you go first. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm always ready, though. I'm always ready. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, you want me to go first? I can go first. No, no, no. I got it. I just, okay. I'm struggling because I don't know whether it's a boost or a break. You guys can help me decide. But I read this article um, about, do you use Reddit, Tiffany? Are you a Redditor? No, not much. I mean, I've heard of it, but not so really. My husband's a huge Redditor. He, he gets tons of advice on like, there's a subreddit. So it's basically like, if you have a passion or a hobby or an interest, there is a Reddit group for you. There's a personal finance Reddit. There's, you know, all just, just dozens, hundreds, probably of different forums where you can ask questions and you get comments. People can vote up or down your comment. And it's kind of like you collect clout on Reddit that way, but it's this whole, just people, it's just, it's this whole movement. And my husband loves it for home improvement questions and all kinds of stuff. But there's, there's this, there's this general kind of, of course, trend with Reddit where most of the users, they don't do like a census of their user base, but most of the users, it does feel very white, very male um, on Reddit. But there are subreddits that target or not target, but are meant to be like groups where people of color can can talk about whatever they're interested in. So there's one group called um, Black People Twitter. And it's basically meant to be a safe space for Black Reddit users to talk about whatever's happening in the news, whatever people are ranting about on Twitter, but you know what's happening in the news, the biggest trends, whatever. Um, but the moderators of this forum have realized that a lot of white people, apparently, and it's hard for them to tell, but they suspected that a lot of white users were posing as Black users and commenting on various topics on the Black <laughs> Twitter, on the Black Twitter people subreddit forum. So imagine if this was like a Facebook group for people of color and you had white people contributing commentary. Okay, not really the intention of the group. So these moderators, you know, it's an anonymous forum. People don't put their faces as their profiles. It's not like Facebook. You're meant to be anonymous. That's part of the, that's part of the appeal of Reddit. Um, so what they decided to do is ask their users to submit a photo of their forearm with their Reddit, with their Reddit name written on their forearm with a timestamp to verify oh that it was taken recently to verify their blackness. Oh my God. Not everybody even, that's not even how we like, I know plenty of light skinned black folks that you would not know that black is not just color. Right. So it's such a, but on the other hand, it's like, I was reading it and I, that's why I feel conflicted. Like I think the way they went about it is problematic for the reason you just mentioned. I mean, I'm mixed, right? So if I, my forearm is, I don't know, I'm not, I'm pretty pale. It's like, my summer tan is gone. I've already. I was going to say, depending found- where they catch you, right? <laughs> I've already had to change my foundation by two shades. I have my winter foundation, and my summer foundation. So what, what was happening is some of the users were like, "Well, screw it. I don't want to be anonymous. I'm going to take a picture with all my family, so you can see I have a black dad or a black cousin, dark skin cousin, dark skin dad, whatever. And even though I'm light skin, here's my family. And it's like it's just it's created this. Yeah. It's. I think they meant well, but the way they executed it is super problematic. Um. On the other hand, I see the challenge, like, and, and, you know, knowing Reddit and knowing what the Reddit world is like, I feel like there's, there needs to be a safe space for black Reddit users to talk about what they want to talk about and to comment and, you know, but to feel like people are posing as black people and contributing and they're contributing comments that are uh, proliferating stereotypes, you know, saying things like, well, do we really need affirmative action? Like things like that, you know, come on now, trolls, you know? But it's just like it's the challenge with Reddit because they let they let 
excuse me, they let users of these forums moderate them. Um, and there's not really a system to, to, uh, to control who can join. It's meant to be so open. When you're trying to have a private discussion, what can you do? So I just thought it was a very interesting story. I don't really know how to feel about it, but that's what I wanted to share. Wow. Yeah, I, that's, it, it is hard because how, one, it's, it's, it's almost like this one drop pool. Like, what does black even mean? Now we have to, you have to figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of the readers or one of the users was like, well, I took a DNA test and I'm, my, my mom is 0.5% Ghanaian. So does that mean I can join? Like every white person has a little bit of black in them and vice versa. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's what they're saying. But, so you're right. It is, it's, what is that, what is that line? So we had that problem a little bit with the Dreamcatcher group on Facebook because Dreamcatchers are largely African-American women and we do, but we don't turn anyone away. So we, you know, we, we started to get like white women come in and for honestly, for the most part, no problem. They were respectful. And, you know, sometimes they would come in and realize like, oh, okay, it's a lot of black women in here. Am I allowed? And I'm like, yeah, as long as you don't act up, child, you can stay. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> um, and so, uh, but then we started get started to get um, white men, and so so we we were getting first it started with um, black men, and you know it was okay because you know men can be a lot so you're like all right don't act up you can stay, and then we started to get white women and honestly like we have less trouble with white women than we have with black men, right? so, and then white men came and when I tell you the trouble if I see one more Trump post and we had to make a rule which sounds so crazy no white men. Because they were coming and stirring the pot, saying outrageous and egregious things. And no other, no one else was doing that. Like, yes, you, you definitely would get like some folks, like, you know, I, I would say as far as a, a large majority. So, of course, you get people who sometimes can be mean or nasty or whatever. But when I tell you, we would add a white man, unfortunately. And um, and it was like without fail, it would tick off. Well, maybe if you get off welfare, you're like, why are you here? You know, like not, not not white men in general, but just like you in particular, sir. Why are you here if you're going to spew nastiness? You know, this is not a you're not required to be a dream catcher. And so we had to make a rule because it started to feel unsafe. And I was trying to be fair and I was trying to be like, well, you know, we don't turn anyone away. Well, no, we, we turn away. We, we turn away. It sounds so terrible. And I don't care because I started dream catchers in the budget needs to create a safe space for women, especially women of color. Mm-hmm. And you are welcome to come unless you bring the bullshit, then you are not welcome to come. And so that is like one group that we don't allow in the, in the dream catcher group anymore because it was too hard to keep up with the handful that maybe weren't causing trouble. And I'm like, you know what? Every space in the world is safe for you. Every space is your space. This is one of the few spaces that we get to have. And everyone else respects this space. The black men respect the base space. White women respect the space. Everybody else was respecting the space, but except for that subgroup. And um, so, yeah, so we made we had to make that definitive rule. And I'm sure this is going to come back to bite me in the butt. I don't care. Be mad, Todd. I don't care. Because um, <laughs> it's hard enough out here to, like, post, you know, that you're struggling financially. Now you try to figure out like what to do with your kids for but without someone coming along saying maybe you stop having so many kids. You're like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what was going on in this in this Reddit. So that's a perfect example. So you're dealing with it yeah. too, but at least you can see the faces. Um, you know, generally with your users with Reddit, it's just so difficult because the whole point of it is that people don't share their their identities. They're anonymous. They have weird names and weird photos. Um, mm-hmm. 
but and I'm glad it's it's a really interesting conversation to have. And you're right. It's so hard to say it in the right way, but you just have to say it. This space is really not meant for certain people. It's meant to be a safe space for a marginalized group. Um, and it's and and when so, of course, your first loyalty is to your audience, the people you made the group for. And you need to make you need to continue to make it a safe space for them. And, and by, and we can call it discriminating or whatever, or, or keeping out certain people, you're doing it with the right intention. It's not to, it's not to deny people their right to first free speech. It is to make it a safe space for the people that you intended the group for in the first place. And I, I think that's what these people are doing as well, but it's just super problematic. Yeah, it's hard. Taking it. And it's hard because even saying it, I'm like, oh, this because somebody can make the argument for keeping black folks out. Well, this is a safe space for us, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So, I mean, so I'm, I'm by, by no means do I think I have the perfect solution, but I do know so many women came to me, like messaged me. They're like, honestly, I don't feel safe here. I don't feel like I can share like I used to. And I was like, that's not, we're not doing that. And so like, I just, you know, I was like, we're going to make an executive decision, whatever, and, and, and make that choice. And honestly, it's been so much better as a result. Um, because for the most part, everyone else polices themselves. Like I said, we have a few flare-ups here and there, but for the most part, everyone is kind to everyone in there. And, um, yeah. So my, well, my boost was going to be Tyler Perry, but instead I am going to boost my new obsession. Have you ever heard of the Terrell show on YouTube, Mandra? Uh, no, I have not. Are you going to educate me? I am. So Terrell (laughs) is a young African-American man who does this show where, it's, um, oh, what do they call it? I guess it's like a song association where he sits behind this like really bright, beautiful blue screen and he loves music. And so he gets like these music artists that some of you know, sometimes some of them you don't know as well. He has broken kind of like a lot of new artists too, where he'll say a word and then they have to sing, sing a song that has a word in the title or in the song itself. And honestly, it is delightful. It is funny. I mean, there are some people who... Um, just can sing down. They're like, wow. I mean, there are people now who I'm following on Spotify as a result. And so if you need a little joy in your life, you know, Terrell, it's literally just T-E-R-R-E-L-L on um on YouTube. And there's a there's a gentleman named um Samat or Samo that now I'm like in love with his voice because I saw him on the Terrell show. Cynthia Arrivo, my girl, who plays Harriet in the new Harriet movie, was just recently a guest on the show. So like I said, he's had like, you know, some well-known folks and he's had some folks that you might not know, like Amber Riley from um, Glee. Oh my goodness. Her voice is the voice of an angel. And so it's just happy times. So yeah, I think that people would enjoy um, enjoy his show. You know, they're typically about 20, 20 to 30 minutes long, the, um, the videos, but you just really get to hear people's voice. And if you really love music, I think you'll love the Terrell show. Seems like a fun thing to watch. I'm gonna check it out. I love, you know, I love me some Cynthia Arrivo. I can't wait for Harriet Tubman movie. Oh my gosh, I'm trying I to figure out what wait. I'm gonna do special. Like if I should do like a Dreamcatcher mob through because I really feel like we all need to go watch it. Yeah, buy out a theater in Newark or something. I don't know. Ugh, that, I know. I wonder how much that would cost. I'm like, and how then much invite me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because honestly, it just, I just feel like it would just. I just cannot wait. It looks so good and empowering. And because sometimes you, you know, you watch some of those movies, like 12 Years a Slave left me so broken. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. That movie broke a lot of people. You know, my friends and I, after that movie came out, we're like, we cannot see any more slave movies. The Birth yeah. of a Nation, never saw it. Oh, but, me either. But this one feels different because yes. it we feels, know she's going to make it. <laughs> and it feels empowering. It seems yes, like she's it's a hero. very much like, yeah. 
that like she is not a victim of her circumstance. She is she's heroic. She is powerful and she owns that power. And that's why I'm excited to see it, because you're right. So many of the slave and, and not and not to say that they're bad, because that's the reality. That's what it was like. Um, so I'm glad I watched 12 Years a Slave, but it was, I mean, I was sobbing, weeping in the movie theater. I was like, wow, it was, it was traumatic. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to hate p- people. So I'm just not going to watch these movies anymore. Cause it just makes you look around and you're like, why are you like this? Yep. So, um, yeah. So yeah, so definitely the Harriet movie. I cannot wait to see it. Um, yeah, because she's just so dope. And I just got to hang out with her a little bit at Lovey's wedding and she's just even doper. She's saying that um saying um lovey down the aisle so she was oh, the one who likes oh, yeah it was beautiful beautiful yeah voices, just, oh man yeah just such great energy and um superman was like can i get a picture and she's like oh <laughs> sure he's like i'm showing all my friends i was like you know what oh. <laughs> he took a picture with her and um and um and Yvonne Oji, um, amali from um, insecure he was so geeked to be able to tell his friends he met famous people i don't blame him <laughs> been like, yeah, this is, and of course you're probably like playing it cool, but you get to geek out when you're Tiffany Aliche's husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Mr. Budget Nista. Can I get a picture, please? Yeah. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.